Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, Jonathan Strickland. Hi, Ariel. Guess what? Hi. What? I got a question for you. You got a question for me? Okay, what is what is your question? You know what the question is. Here's the question for everybody, because this is the big one. This is one that requires preparation, which is why Ariel already knows the question. <laughs> this is not one you can just drop on somebody because it requires real thought. Ariel, I- I'm glad to be the one to get to tell you this. You're a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. What's your entrance theme? Uh, it would be The Wake of Magellan by Sabotage. Ooh, that, we're, now we're going to make our, our listeners look stuff up, <laughs> which is awesome, because I'm also going to do that because... My answer for this is that it would be Cash Money by Prince Charles and the City Beat Band. So let me ask you, Ariel, what is it about the song that makes you think, okay, this is my entrance theme? Uh, Well, it's Sabotage, for people who don't know, uh, they were the group that Trans-Siberian Orchestra is now. Uh, they used to be a metal band, and they did a few rock operas. One of them was called The Wake of Magellan, which is all sea shanty-ish, uh, but also rock opera. 
And I, they won't allow anybody to perform their pieces. So since WWE is kind of a performance art, um, I think that would be a great way to bring life to these little-known rock operas without upsetting the creator's wishes. Yeah. See, I don't care about the creator's wishes, but... <laughs> But that's that's very kind of you to spare that kind of thought. Yeah, in my case, it's cash money. The way it goes, uh, it starts with a, a sort of chant that goes pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, dollar bills, hundred dollar bills. And, you know, it's all about money. And to me, like it's it it's right in line with some great entrance themes that classic heels have used, like the million dollar man or Shane McMahon, who does here comes the money is his. Um, and I, that's just sort of that kind of persona that I think would be a lot of fun to play. I've always kind of gravitated more toward the heels, the bad guys in wrestling. I've always found them more interesting, but, um, yeah, I was just one of those things where I thought this is one of those geeky conversations I used to have all the time with like my fellow wrestling buddies, just like, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be awesome if every time you walked into a room, you had entrance music to announce your arrival. And if so, what would it be? I mean, I, I like WWE. I I don't follow it nearly as closely as you, but I do enjoy watching it. It's been a while since I've watched it, too. I mean, there's still some great entrance themes out there. Uh, you know, there's like uh, Bobby Roode or Robert Roode has one called Glorious that I absolutely love. And uh, Bray Wyatt has, well, he used to do Broken Out with Love, but now it's like a remix version of that that's super creepy and Mm -hmm. really fits his character. Um, A lot of them end up sounding very generic, especially like in the late 90s period. You had had an era where it was almost impossible to tell them apart because they were all (laughs) just that chunky rock guitar sound and that was it. Uh, But yeah, uh, and I'm curious about, what our listeners think. So at the end of the episode, when we get to telling you all the ways to get in contact with us, one of the things you need to tell us is what's your entrance theme? Because that's important. Yes. Oh, I do have an exit theme too. Cause if I'm going to come in all business on, on wake of the Magellan, I'm going to go out on one last drink by entering the haggis. Oh, wow. Now see, that's awesome. Cause there's not that many wrestlers who do that where they have two different themes where they have one for the entrance and one for when they, okay. when they, the, the match is over and they've won, but there are some who do. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, because you got to go in serious and you got to go out fun <laughs> so, so people remember you. on. A so are you night. saying it's business in the front and party in the back? Are you a mullet? <laughs> yes, I would be the mullet of the WWE wrestling. OK, all right. Well, <laughs> now that we have established our level of class, it's time for us to tackle <laughs> this week's news. Well, I'm glad you said class because our first topic is very, very classy, Jonathan. It's uh, that... Deadpool 3 is a go. Yeah, it's going to happen. And this is one of those things that, you know, sometimes people might say that's a no brainer, but it's a total brainer because since Deadpool (laughs) 2, Disney actually purchased Fox, right? And Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of hope that there would be another Deadpool, but everyone was wondering what would a Deadpool look like when Disney is the owner of the property and especially if they want to incorporate it into the MCU, which is very much not in the style of Deadpool, but from what we're hearing, it sounds like they're, they're dedicated to making this stay kind of that R rated edge that we come to expect. Mm -hmm. 
They are. And they've got Ryan Reynolds still attached to the project. He's working on the script. We're not going to get it this year um, because Ryan Reynolds is busy and because it's still kind of a crazy year. Well, especially uh, with as of right all now. those announcements that Marvel made. Like there's just not, yeah. there's just not room for yet another project right in the immediate future. But I mean, it is coming. And, you know, uh, as, as much as they say, is this within the MCU, I can see people wondering if, if Deadpool would stay rated R, but Disney does put out more adult content. You know, they also own FX and Hulu. So, you know, we're getting that aliens uh, show that we talked about mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So I, I don't think it's, it's unusual. I just, you know, they, may not put it on Disney plus. Well, and, and some of the MCU films get pretty get edgy is probably the wrong word, but they, they push the dark. limit. Yeah. They get dark. They get dark. That's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think of them as necessarily edgy, but they definitely get a little darker. Also, they announced that there's entirely the possibility that Deadpool could show up in other titles, not just his own movie, which now granted this would require Sony signing on as well, but it really makes me wish that we get a Deadpool cameo in Spider-Man three, because we already know a ton of other characters are showing up in Spider-Man three. Yeah. So having, having, and, and Deadpool and Spider-Man in the comics have a long history with one another. So, you know, and I've played enough Marvel games that I know that Deadpool can still be snarky and funny without being R-rated, which he'd probably have to be if he were in Spider-Man. Yes, well, it, it, yeah, pretty much anything that would be beyond the the series. I think they, I think Marvel, like the the serialized uh, episodic TV type stuff. I think Marvel tends to get a little more edgy with that. I mean, you look at things like Jessica Jones and Daredevil; those are definitely mm-hmm. got a harder edge to them than the films do. Uh, yeah. but moving on to something else that might also be pretty edgy is Moon Knight. Now, Moon Knight is one of those Marvel characters that I don't think a lot of people know much about. No, it, it, it when you describe Moon Knight at face value, it sounds like he could be problematic to portray. He is, uh, a gentleman with dissociative identity disorder that manifests different personalities you know i just started watching doom patrol jonathan mm-hmm. so similar to crazy jane yep. except for i don't think all of his personalities have their own powers no, but one of his personalities is moon knight it's also it also reminds me of uh oh and i can't remember the character's name all the comic book fans are gonna hate me but the the mutant who also has multiple personalities that mutant has a different power for each of those personalities mm. legion legion thank you yes ariel with the rescue great show so Legion is great. Show. So, so similar in that respect, but in this case, yeah, Moon Knight is the, the personality that has the powers. Uh, yeah. And also I think a lot of people compare Moon Knight sort of to Batman. Like that's kind of the, mm-hmm. the feel to it. Well, we now know that um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, both known for independent horror movies are going to be directing Moon Knight. So that's interesting. Which- it is. It's very interesting to me because it's not the first time that the MCU has leaned on horror directors for their movies. Uh, the original director for the second Doctor Strange was also a horror director uh, who just left because he wanted to tell a different story than the MCU wanted. But yeah, which which I, we've seen happen a couple of times before. Yeah, but it 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 does pose the question of: Are they going to make? this next round of MCU a lot more 
adult and less friendly for children because it's all going to be so much darker. Yeah. Uh, I will say I have not seen any of their movies, but I have seen a segment of VHS viral that they did. It's called bone storm it has to do with, uh, uh, skateboarders and I hated mm-hmm. it, but to be fair, I pretty much hated everything in VHS viral. It was not a good entry in the series in my opinion, but <laughs> I, you know, I don't watch horror movies, so I didn't see it, but I will say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give him a chance because I wouldn't have necessarily had said that James Gunn was going to make an amazing Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but it's one of my favorite MCU yeah, movies. I, I, honestly, I don't think I, at the time I didn't think anyone would be able to make a good Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> movie. It's just so Fair weird. Uh, something that is not weird, something that I think is completely expected, but you know, now we've got word of it is that Galaxy's Edge, the the Star Wars-themed area of the Disney parks, may soon have some new characters from a familiar Disney Plus series. Yeah, we'll be possibly getting the Mandalorian characters, uh, and also possibly the Razor Crest, which they're saying may replace Kylo Ren's ship. This is all a rumor right now, but... Um, I don't know. I don't want them to replace Kylo Ren's ship. He's actually quite an intimidating character when you run into him at Galaxy's I, Edge. I haven't even seen it yet because I haven't been to Disney. I haven't been to Hollywood Studios since they built Galaxy's Edge. So I have not even seen Kylo Ren's ship. Um, I, I mean, obviously, like this is such a big hit for Disney. I think it would be ridiculous if they did not bring those characters into the park, especially, you know, you know that Grogu, AKA baby Yoda is going to be everywhere on every t-shirt on every cup. (laughs) You know, you can, you can already meet Groot. You can already meet baby Groot. So now if you can meet Grogu and then if you can meet them together, having a dance off, I didn't know you could meet baby Groot. I met adult Groot at Disneyland. (laughs) He was, he was about eight feet tall. I have not met baby Groot personally, but I know that he has been at Hollywood studios. Um, Some of our mutual friends have pictures with baby Groot and Star Lord. So we hate you friends, (laughs) but we love you also. Uh, Something else I love uh, is Doctor Who, yeah, as I can take many of you it. know. <laughs> <laughs> but you also like uh, Richard Ayoade. Yes. Did I say that correctly? Richard Ayoade. Yeah, he's he's the... Yay! He uh, was um, uh, Moss on the IT crowd. And when, when the I guess the BBC, someone asked fans who they thought should play the next Doctor, because the rumor is, of course, that... Uh, that our our current doctor will be leaving after the season, yeah. which it makes sense. Three seasons and, and doctor is out. That's something that's happened several times now. Um, mm-hmm. Heck, Eccleston only got one season, but uh, uh, yeah, but he he chose. Yeah. yeah, we won't get into that right in this episode. So, <laughs> so Ariel, since you're the Doctor Who fan, really, mm-hmm. I mean, I I've watched a fair number of episodes, but I don't consider myself a fan. What is your reaction to the idea of Richard Ayoade playing the doctor? Uh, I think he would be amazing uh, because I like Jodie Whittaker, our current doctor. I think she has done a fantastic job with it, but I, I really like, you know, I, I, my first doctor was Baker, Tom Baker, 
And um, so I always associate Doctor Who with kind of a curmudgeonly, dry sense of humor, kind of cranky person. And Jodie Whittaker is far from that. She's, I, I, th- I think the biggest fault with her Doctor, and albeit I haven't watched the latest season, is that she doesn't have enough faults for me. Uh, she's a little too perfect. So I think Richard, especially after watching his uh, Travel Man series, where he <laughs> is just the crankiest person in the world, affably cranky, I think he would be a perfect doctor. I think uh, my other favorite on the list of people to play the doctor would be Phoebe Waller-Bridge mm. on, on this poll. See, see for me, Iowade, I wouldn't want him to be the doctor, but the reason for that is because... I would never, ever be able to see him as the doctor and not think Moss from IT because that was such, such a definitive character. And I know that's not who Iowade is. I know that was a character, Mm -hmm. but it was such a definitive character. And that voice is just so distinctive that I don't, I I think I would just be thinking like, oh, this is like a weird IT crowd parody of Doctor Who. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. And then and then Roy could be his his companion, his companion. <laughs> and he could constantly get stuck in the TARDIS yeah. and need help, no, you, need assistance. You, you, you need Jen in there, too, to really be a, a, a total pain in the butt as well. Listen, Jodie Whittaker started off with three or four companions, so I think you can have two companions. I, I saw you get, uh, was it, is his name Matt Berry, the guy who played... <laughs> <laughs> the guy who played the boss and he's also uh, the toast of London. Get him as the doctor. Yes, that'd be amazing. Uh, I, you know, he, he's a great actor and I would not be able to stand the doctor at that It'd point. Be phenomenal. Get Clem Fandango <laughs> as his companion. Yes, I know Clem Fandango. <laughs> that'd be amazing. Well, um, we've got other stories we should cover really quickly before we move on. Yes. One is that uh, I did. I wasn't aware of this until after it had happened that the NFL played their wild card game on Nickelodeon and there were total like on-screen effects that were Nickelodeon related and that to me is phenomenal. Yes, I I like you know kids play football. Yeah, That's cool. Sure. Kids play sports. So I like that um they made it a little bit more entertaining. Yeah. I mean it also makes it more entertaining for me. Well, they um, even had, I like, I had, had like young Sheldon <laughs> pop up and explain specific things that happened with, um, uh, you know, when things happen in the game, like if there was a false start, young Sheldon popped up to explain what a false start was. Mm-hmm. You know, when they were going for a, a, a field goal, you would see SpongeBob in between the uprights. It was really weird. So, and a touchdown would result in on screen slime cannons, virtual slime it- cannons. <laughs> It would have been, you know, I, I was about to say it would have been better if they were real life slime cannons because that would be hilarious. Yeah. But that would also probably lead to a lot of slippery injuries. Yeah. And I don't I was just think like you have a hurt. lot of people on the on the injured list after that game. If I want to see people get hurt, I'll watch either MMA or hockey. Come yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, in our final story for this episode, for this section, is that there's an interesting uh trend on TikTok. There always are. There are always interesting trends on TikTok. But this is one that I think Ariel feels a particular kinship with because the trend is people singing sea shanties, a specific one, the Wellerman. 
Yes. Now, there are lots of sea shanties happening on TikTok right now, but specifically The Wellerman, which is a song that my band covers and has for quite a few years, uh, in a slightly different way. It's it's basically this, this guy named Nathan Evans who sings The Wellerman, and then other TikTokers are adding in their harmonies. And it's fantastic. It sounds beautiful. Yeah. And there's so many different renditions of it, and it makes me sit there going, one, I wish I came up with those harmonies. And two, I wish it weren't COVID times because my band would 100% put our version up on, on the TikToks. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I think it's a, it's a neat thing. You know, to me, the thing that brought sea shanties back <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> was Assassin's Creed Black Flag mm-hmm. because you would go around collecting sea shanties. And every time you collected one, it would be added to your cruise repertoire to the point where I wouldn't, use fast travel in that game just because I wanted to hear what song they were going to sing. And the fact that I was familiar with probably about 80% of the songs because sea shanties and Renaissance festival music have a very heavy overlap in the Venn diagram. Even if, even though the sea shanties are usually about 200 years too late for Renaissance festivals. Um, yeah. So I'm on board with this one. I am the grumpy old man who Mm -hmm. shakes my fist at TikTok typically. But in this case, I'm on on board, so to speak. And if and if you all want to hear the sea shanties, I I, I got I on, got that on Jonathan. board. On board. Uh, if you all want to hear the sea shanties and ignore that uh, pun, you can search for the hashtag sea shanty on TikTok. Um, yes. Yeah, it's really fantastic. I, I look forward to seeing ones where they do Barrett's Privateers because that song hits hard. All right. Well, that wraps up our news items for this section. When we come back, we're going to have an epic discussion about epic games. But first, let's take a quick break. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 
enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Okay, we're back. And um, we were we were talking about different things that we could uh, tackle as a discussion topic for our second segment. And this is one of those topics that was always at the top of our minds when we were making out lists mm-hmm. of things that we wanted to talk about on this show. And it, it is the, the tendency for games to get more and more epic and whether or not that is in general a good thing or a bad thing, both from a game experience perspective and maybe even like from a developer perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're talking stuff like Fallout, Skyrim, Assassin's Creed. I'd probably say Cyberpunk 20, as well. Cyberpunk, if, if it had... If it had measured up to the vision that they had when they yes. started working on it. Yes. Which which goes into that conversation of whether or not you can get too epic in your game design. So, um, do you enjoy playing games that are epic long stories with a ton of side missions and open world sandboxy games? Um all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna couch this because the initial answer is yes. The initial answer is okay. I do. I mean, I love the Fallout games. Even mm-hmm. even as I have problems with the Fallout games, the biggest problem I have with Fallout, besides the sprawling nature that we'll get to, is the tonal inconsistency because you get very weird uh, satire and parody in Fallout, and then you get like super grim, dark nastiness in Fallout. Yeah. And and if if it were one or the other, it would be easier to kind of grok. But the fact that you have mm-hmm. both is really weird. Um, but that being said, I always love the beginning of those games. I love the discovery. I love building up the character to a certain point. But inevitably, I start to run out of steam and I hit fatigue. And uh, often it'll take me five or six tries to play through one of these games. And even then it's on that fifth or sixth try where I'm just like trying to be laser focused. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go do that side mission. I'm just going to focus mm-hmm. on the main story. Cause I need to see how this ends <laughs> because it, having all those options and having all those avenues to explore, I kept feeling the ne- the need to explore them because I worried that if I continued the main story, I might shut off an Avenue and I wouldn't be able to go back and, and see it. Yeah, so I had that same problem when I was playing Mass Effect, which is, at least the first couple were not as much of an open world as, as let's say, Fallout or Skyrim are. Um, but th- there, you know, I would play, I would play, and they would have side missions, and it was a matter of, I don't really want to do this side mission. I don't really want to, as they say in the MMO world, go shoot snow bears in the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to, I want to continue the storyline. But if I don't do this side mission, I won't get the options in the storyline I want. Um, that being said, for me, it's it's 
much better than a sandbox game, Sandbox World Skyrim, which I loved. I also loved the beginning of that because there was a ton of discovery and it walked you through and there was the storyline where I could interact with it, but my hand was kind of being held. But once I got out into the world of Skyrim, like I got incredibly lost. Everything was crafting. There were so many little side missions that I it took me too far away from the main storyline to find my way back to it. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and another thing that that kind of reminds me of, Ariel, that whole crafting part that you mentioned, is that a lot of these epic games seem to be filled with what I would call busy work. Like, mm-hmm. even the side missions can frequently be busy work where you're you realize you're doing something that's taking up time, but it's not really necessarily adding that much of uh, an enjoyable or entertaining experience and you're playing a game ostensibly you're playing a game in order to be entertained right so uh, i mean there's some games that are more like this is more about art or more about making a statement and i'm not trying to invalidate that but i am saying that if you've got a game that is huge for the purposes of being huge or because you feel like you have a an obligation to make the game bigger than the last game that was in your series. That mm-hmm. seems to be a, an unhealthy cycle and it leads to these enormous games that, that lose their way where you either don't even like you, there would be times where I'd be playing some of these games where I wouldn't even remember what the story was anymore because I had been going mm-hmm. on so many side missions that I had lost track of what the thread was for the overall narrative. And then I wouldn't feel like, like, I'd feel like, oh man, I don't even want to do the story because I don't find the story is interesting anymore. Uh, or I don't really know who's who anymore. And the time I would need to spend to learn all that just seems like it would be, you know, treading over ground I've already been on. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can do that in an MMO because you've got other people to share the experience Mm -hmm. with, but when you're doing it by yourself, uh, it, it can be tedious, like you said, especially if it's a game that has been rushed out, like like we saw in Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, where, you know, and, and I say it was rushed. They delayed releasing that game. A couple of times. Rep- yeah. Repeatedly, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, in an effort to make it better, but still they they tried to do too much. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so now, and that now. actual storyline is really short. Like you can mainline the storyline mm-hmm. of cyberpunk 2077. If you were to just do that and not do any exploration or any side missions, you could complete that pretty quickly. Uh, so it means that you've got even more busy work filling up all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. I will say whenever I play an Epic game, I, and I get further along in the storyline and I see that little progress bar. I do get I do get upset that the if it's a good story that it's going to be over as soon as it is, even though I don't really want to do the side missions to extend it because I don't I oftentimes don't feel that that resource gathering or that crafting adds to the story at all. if I, if I want to play a resource management game, I'll just play a resource management. Game. Well and the <laughs> and the other issue here is that so one, making games bigger does not necessarily make them better. So that's a, mm-hmm. I think that's a terrible metric. So whenever I hear when a new game is coming out and they'll say it's 80% larger than the map of the last game to me, I'm thinking, well, that doesn't mean it's good. There might also be 80% more empty space, which just means you're taking more time to get from point A to point B. 
and there's nothing interesting to look at. Like, that's not good either. Or you could have filled it with so much stuff that it just is overwhelming and you don't, you know, you quickly get fatigue, like I had said. On top of that, by adding this, let's make the game bigger and bigger and bigger every single time, it adds to the pressure of the development team to make that a reality and mm-hmm. requires more crunch. It requires, uh, you know, more, more delays often because you have to test everything. And as you're making it bigger, there are more opportunities for stuff to go wrong. So in many ways, I, I am starting to prefer smaller scale games that have a more focused story. Uh, you know, it's not that I want there to be, you know, a a straight on the rails approach through the game. I'm not saying that I don't want it to be like a walking simulator for everything. Uh, I don't want it to be, you know, one of the walking dead games from telltale or anything like that. Those are interesting stories, but I, I, I feel like we, there's gotta be a happy medium between ginormous game where you'll never see everything and a game where you don't have any real choices. So I think there is, and I think, well, it's a little too early to say, but I think Final Fantasy VII would be a good example of of how I think that should go because they made a much bigger world. Uh, they in in recreating Final Fantasy VII, they made it much larger, but now it's spread out through a few games, so they can focus on each chunk of that story that they've expanded out a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then it's like then it becomes like a series of games as opposed to this like. I've just loaded up Skyrim. The entire world is open to me once I finish the tutorial. And I'm stuck on the side of a mountain because I got lost. Cause yeah. Or, or, or I, I turned a corner and there was a dragon and it ate me <laughs> and I'm a level two character. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, not to tell game designers how to do their jobs. They know <laughs> way better than I do, but it's a trend that I have found particularly frustrating, even as I'm enjoying a game. Like if I, if I sit there and think about it, I often come to the realization of I'm not likely to ever finish this. I have red dead, uh, redemption two. I have never finished that game. (laughs) Like I, it's just sitting there. Like, I don't think I even got out of the, the early tutorial parts because that lasts like two hours. Um, yeah, I did. I haven't finished Skyrim. I haven't finished Mass Effect Andromeda and the number of games my husband hasn't finished is much, much larger. Yeah, I, I fired up Borderlands three the other day just out of curiosity because I bought that when it first came out. And I was I was thinking, you know, I never finished that game. Uh, I, I should go ahead and finish it out. See, see what that game is like, because I enjoyed the earlier Borderlands games. And that's that's a shooter, right? It's not it's mm-hmm. not like an RPG or anything. So I thought I'll just fire this up, see how far I've got to go to get to the end. Started it up, realized my character in Borderlands 3 was level four. I hadn't gone anywhere. I hadn't done anything in that game. So they just showed how how quickly I will give up when it starts. Of course, Borderlands 3 also had the problem of being more Borderlands, right? It it didn't add a whole lot of new stuff to it, but, you know. That's this is when you need. Yeah, this is when you need to start playing roguelike games where you can just have like a playthrough and then you're yeah. done and then you have a next playthrough and it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't really gotten into roguelikes and, and it's one of those where I feel like I, I do need to to do that. Uh, I hear that Hades is the game to get into. Um, 
I haven't played Hades. I know that uh, FTL has has been fun for some of my friends. Yeah, well, I, Hades is the one that all the people I know have gone gaga for. For one thing, they say all the uh, all the all the gods and goddesses in that game are sexy schmexy as all get out. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it is that, that it is. just Greek mythology. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> those Greeks they. They knew how to party. All right. Well, I guess that kind of wraps up our conversational topic. But when we come back, we'll have our mashup, which makes a, a an iconic science fiction action film uh, meet up with an iconic video game. But we'll explain more after we take this quick break. <laughs> Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Okay, so like you said, we're taking an iconic video game and an iconic movie. We've already talked about movies and video games, mm-hmm. and we're mashing them up. So uh, how we're doing that is we are mashing up The Matrix with Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, so this was this was kind of a last-minute decision to mash these up. And uh, we have each taken our time to craft our mashup. And once again, uh, we are individually convinced that we have managed independently to come up with the exact same plot. We have proven ourselves wrong in every episode so far, but maybe this is the one where we essentially have carbon copies of one another. Sure. So Ariel, so do, do you, you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? 
You know what? You get to decide this time. I get to choose every yeah, week. Okay. You get to decide. I'll tell you what. I will go first because I think you've gone first with every episode so far. And and uh, unless that puts too much pressure. Are you cool with me going no. first? Okay, Groovy. I'm fine with you going All first. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Enter the Mario. Thomas Anderson, a seemingly mundane computer programmer in the Mushroom Kingdom, is secretly a hacker. His hacker codename? Mario. Anderson suspects there is something going on in the world at large, but can't quite put his finger on it. In hacker circles, there's talk of this thing called the Matrix. Anderson is close to finding out what the Matrix actually is. Meanwhile, a group of other hackers who have already learned about what the world is spoiler alert, it's a video game, are trying to get in contact with Anderson. Anderson receives a message from Peach, a woman with superhuman jumping abilities. She tells Anderson that a man known only as Luigi wants to meet with him. But before Anderson can make a decision, a bunch of agents, or Goombas, bust into his workplace, led by the intimidating Agent Bowser, played by a digital recreation of Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Anderson is chased by the agents and must trust Peach when she tells him to jump down a big green sewer pipe. He does, and next thing he knows, he wakes up in a dingy basement, holding an old SNES controller in his hands. Anderson, now known simply as Mario, discovers that long ago video game consoles took over the world, and that humanity has now been reduced to becoming bio-batteries connected to these consoles like the PS27 and the Xbox Series Pumpkin. <laughs> but a group of gamers, led by Luigi, are working to free people from this captivity. Only one of them, known by the codename Wario, is secretly working with the consoles in return for being able to live out the rest of his life in burger time, because he really likes burgers. Luigi offers Mario a choice. He can go back to living his fictional life within the matrix of the Mushroom Kingdom by eating the blue mushroom, or he can choose the red mushroom. Mario goes for the red mushroom and soon begins a training montage on how to do stuff like wield a big hammer or jump really high or occasionally shoot out fireballs or turn into a tanuki. Because of Wario, Luigi is captured within the Matrix and so Peach and Mario must go on a rescue mission after jumping on top of Wario's head to squish him. They go through this really cool action scene in which they take out tons of Goombas in a bank lobby using fireballs all over the place. This eventually leads to Mario facing off against Agent Bowser. Bowser manages to beat up Mario a bit until Mario can clearly see the code where Yupani jumps up and he hits a star. Now immune from damage, Mario absolutely wails on Bowser until Bowser is defeated, temporarily at least. Mario rescues Luigi but finds out, sadly, the solution to freeing all of humanity is in another castle. Setting up the sequel. The end. That was wonderful. And I think this might be the closest we've ever gotten to having the same mashup. Okay. Uh, so it's it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of close. So uh, instead of pivoting and trying to come up with something completely different, I'm just going to read mine. Okay. It's a me, a Marnio. So... <laughs> Marnio is a plumber for a respectable plumbing company, Roto-Rooter. Uh, one day, his girlfriend ghosts him, like totally gone, and he starts searching for her. But before he can even leave his house, he gets a knock on his door, and there is a guy who introduces himself as Toad, who says he has the answers Marnio is looking for to find his girl. So it's kind of similar, all right. Uh, but first, he must choose whether to eat the red mushroom or the green mushroom. 
Marnio chooses a green mushroom, mushroom, and all of a sudden a pipe opens up in the middle of his living room. Toad beckons Mario to follow him, and Marnio does. Uh, once he gets to the other side, he finds out that the world he is, was living in was a sham, and that the real world is being turned into items and pawns by a bunch of turtle machines called Koopas. Uh, Koopa stands for Kinetically Optimized Operational Programs Assimilation Subset. <laughs> uh and they've kidnapped his girlfriend, Peach, who discovered the toadstool protocol, which will free everyone from their imprisonment and stop the Koopa machines. You see, everybody's been, like, stuffed into boxes, and, and basically they're being used as, as human objects to uh, make the Koopa world more comfortable. The Koopas have really laid waste to the real world, putting lava pits in and vast wastes of ocean where once there was civilization and people have gone crazy. Uh, and so these these items that are in, uh, inhabited by people are attacking Marnio, uh, like, on site. So, you know, everything is coming at him and he has to dodge and, and weave and, and try to get around it. Uh, and every time he thinks he's found his girlfriend, she's not there. Uh, she's in a different p castle or pylon or whatever it's called in this real world. Uh, but soon, he finally makes it to the final castle pylon thing uh, to where the Bowser core is is housed, which is an AI controlling all the Koopa ma machines. He breaks the Bowser core off, uh, and it falls into the one of the lava pits that is conveniently nearby and rescues his girlfriend. She inserts the toadstool protocol into the Koopa Bowser infrastructure and releases everyone entrapped in the real world uh, they are so thrilled they make her the princess of the real world because for some reason monarchy still exists even though they've been freed from machines. And she and Marnio start to rebuild humanity one Goomba at a time. Oh, I don't think they were that similar. I mean, granted, <laughs> we both are dealing with the story structure of the Matrix and then working in the Mario references wherever we can. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's understandable. But no, I think I think we both had a very fun little take on that. Uh, you, know, I, you went with a very much more in-world fiction, whereas I got a little more meta with the video game consoles thing. Mm -hmm. But I think, uh, you know, it just, again, shows how we think differently about these pitches and, and again, proves that we don't share them with each other before we record. <laughs> we certainly don't. One of these days, though. Yeah, we'll get we'll get one that's just up. be exactly. Well, then wh whoever goes first, when the second person goes, they'll just say ditto. And then it'll be the end, which also <laughs> will tell you one of two things. Either we really did create the exact same pitch or the person who went second was lazy and didn't bother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's um, all we have for today. Yes. If you have ideas how The Matrix and Mario should have been mashed up or uh, opinions on epic video games or what roguelike game Jonathan should try or you want to talk about your pretend WWE character, please write out and reach reach out and write to us. <laughs> yes, reach out and write to us. It's smooth. And uh, <laughs> we've got a couple different ways for you to do that, including a brand new one. We have an email address. It just took a little bit for us to get it. LNC at iHeartMedia.com. That will get right to the email inbox of yours truly, actually. I will see it. And uh, we'll be glad to reach you that way if you have specific things you want to say that are in long form or you can reach out to us on twitter where we are lnc underscore podcast or on facebook or instagram we are large nerdron collider there 
And we have a new old website. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's our old website. It's new again. Uh largenerdroncollider.com. You can go to there and find our episodes. You can leave us a note. You can also find all of the show notes for this episode and every episode going forward. So if that way you want to look a little bit more into one of the stories we've talked about, you can go out and read about it. Yeah, we will link to all the stories we covered and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We are really excited. We've received some some cool interactions so far and we're just getting started. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode, then give us a review, you know, recommend us to some of your friends. Word of mouth really does help. We're seeing growth week over week. And that's largely mm-hmm. because of you guys. And we are very thankful for you. Yes. And so uh, until next time, I'm Ariel Caston. And I'm Mario. Jonathan Strickland. It's a me. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.